Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Corn to Norm. It is Liv, and I'm here with Zoe. Hello. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. And I thought we'd jump right into our good news of the week. Zoe, do you want to go first? I think my high is going to be that you're coming so soon. Liv is coming down for the weekend. So I'm going to get to spend the entire weekend with her. So that's super, super exciting. What about you? What's your high for this week? That uh, that was definitely a high of mine, actually. But <laughs> I think, <laughs> but another high is that um, I'm training for that full marathon I told you guys about earlier. And I actually ran nine and a half miles on Sunday. So progress. (laughs) So proud. For those of you guys that don't know, I'm super excited to be back in Champaign, spending some time with my roommates, the rest of my friends, and just hanging out with the dog that we live with. Do you have a low for this week? I would say just waking up early, but the sun's coming out earlier. So that means that it's not as hard to wake up anymore. How about you, Zoe? Um, I think honestly, just the fact that it's supposed to rain, I feel like a lot of my lows are weather related, but I think it's supposed to rain this weekend and I'm really hoping that it doesn't. Yeah. I think that's my only low really. All right. Well guys, for those of you guys that were not here last week, we did a little debrief of get to know live, get to know me, get to know everything about me. And now this week we get to know my co-host Zoe. So so are you excited? Um, I'm a little excited. I don't know. I feel a little embarrassed at the same time. <laughs> no, no way. No. But Zoe, let's get started. For those of you guys that don't know, Zoe grew up in the prime time of Land of Lincoln. She grew up in Springfield. So talk me through early childhood, living in our lovely state capital. Yeah. So Springfield, I grew up there. It's not too big, but it's also not too small. So I knew most of the people like my age. So that's kind of cool. It's like, you know, everyone, but there's also enough people where you're not stuck with the same people for all of time. My parents split up when I was really young. So I always had two houses to go back and forth to. I've primarily uh, lived with my mom and I'm an only child. So I have spent a lot of time with my mom, which is really great. Shout out to her again. I'm sure she's listening. Shout out, Shelly. Shelly. Yeah, but so talk me through this. Talk me through maybe your relationship with your mom, like how it's evolved, changed over the years. A lot of people listening are either parents, um, you know who you are, or your people our age. You have such a close relationship with your mom. So tell us a little bit about it. Like I said, it's just my mom and I in our household. So Her and I, I mean, by literal just proximity, we're kind of forced to be close. I definitely got super lucky because she's amazing and really taught me, I think, what it means to be a good parent and what it means to be a role model. So I was very, very lucky. My mom has been incredibly successful in her career. So my mom was a special ed teacher. She just retired about two years ago, which is crazy to say it's been so long. I feel like it was just yesterday. So she's been retired, but she worked in that that position for 35 years she taught, which is crazy. So my mom and I were super close growing up. I think every teenager goes through an angsty phase. So I definitely had my time where I gave her some runs for her money, especially when I was going through who knows what in high school. My mom's also had some pretty serious health problems throughout my life. Sorry, mom, I'm sharing your story, but she tore her hamstring off when I was in middle school. So there was a six-week period where she was non-weight-bearing. So that was kind of 
another one of those moments where you grow up fast. And then when I was in high school, she got diagnosed with breast cancer. And aside from that, she's had some other kind of smaller surgeries here and there to kind of help with some pain. But there's been some serious times where it's been scary. I think I've learned really to appreciate that and to appreciate her and our relationship because when you, you know, see those kind of diagnosis diagnoses, uh, you kind of see is flash. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I'm really happy your mom's doing a lot better. We appreciate it very much so, but I think that stuff like that, not that it necessarily makes you grow up fast, but I think it, it kind of impacts the way that you see the world. And we mentioned this a little bit earlier in one of our, in our first episode, I believe about like how our perspective kind of impacts the world around us. So you talked a little bit about being an only child about like having your mom as like your primary person that you kind of relied on for pretty much everything. So talk me through maybe the development of your friendships, like the development and maybe also how your family was, I don't know, similar, different to those around you and how that affected you. Uh, I'm definitely a social butterfly. I've always liked to have a lot of friends, make a lot of friends. This is something that live, I think, and I share or definitely the type of people that will spark up a conversation with anyone. With that being said, I was very fortunate to have a lot of friends in high school and middle school that I'm still super close to. Sometimes I think that being an only child kind of sparked that in me of that I wanted those kind of close, close relationships with people and I wanted to have lots of people around. So I definitely was the house growing up, whether my mom liked it or not, where everyone always gathered. We were, you know, if we were going somewhere, we were going to meet at my house first. We were going to pile into one car and go. Um, So that was definitely like a very fun thing that like all my friends were always around. My mom knew everyone in our life. She knew all the drama, whether she really wanted to or not. Exactly. So you're telling me about these friends. You're telling me about um, kind of how you melt into friendships. So talk me through middle school going into high school. So for those of you guys that don't know, Zoe's involved in absolutely everything (laughs) potentially be involved in. I'm talking at school. It's the government. It's our sorority, which we will touch on. It's um, so many other things. So talk us through kind of you're getting involved in. For me in high school, I was still really involved. I think I was very fortunate that my mom never really like pushed anything on me. It was more like, I'm going to support you with whatever you choose to do. So I think for some reason that made me feel like I needed to do everything. So in high school, I really enjoyed student government. I was a class officer for my class. So like I helped plan homecoming and prom. I was also- the best events. <laughs> I know, everyone's favorite events in high school. I was really involved with theater. So I did musical theater. I did plays. I also was pretty involved in volunteering. So I volunteered at the art association in my hometown and I volunteered at the Ronald McDonald house. Those were both super important to me. Obviously that led into me also being a national honor society, which is a volunteer organization for high schools. So I was pretty involved with NHS as well. I also was involved in art club. Um, Favorite out of all of these, though, Zoe, you're telling me all these factoids. I want to know your favorite and your favorite memory from them. I think my favorite was probably student council. I learned a lot about what it meant to be on a team. I think that's something that I, I've continued to definitely learn throughout college. But student council was one of the first times where like I really felt this sense of 
community. And I think honestly, that's what ended like made me end up wanting to go through recruitment in the first place was that I had this really strong sense of community and I was able to really care about this organization, which ended up, you know, overall being my high school, but I uh, was super involved with that. So it was us cheering at all the games. It was us making posters for everything. There was so much that went into it. I think one memory that has 100% stuck with me was my student council advisor. I was actually just talking to him a few days ago, which I haven't talked to him like super often since, but I was just talking to him a few days ago. And he told me right after I had, like right before I graduated, that student council was going to be at a disadvantage not having me anymore. And that like really stuck with me that I had made an impact on this organization as like, so like I was so young and I hadn't been a part of it all four years. I was only in it for two years. And I think that like having the ability to make an impact on an organization like really made me want to continue to be involved in college. That's great, Zoe. And I'm I'm really glad someone told you that because I don't think you're told enough or given enough credit for what you do. No. Um, <laughs> Zoe is just someone that is super involved. And even as you're hearing her talk, like immediately what comes to mind is, oh my gosh, she does a lot. Then it's, she's listing a bunch of things and it's seems like she might not necessarily have the time, but guys, Zoe makes the time. I swear her days are 48 (laughs) hours long instead of 24, but let's transition then from that into deciding to go to college and then involvements at school. So tell me a little bit about why U of I, I mean, big 10 school of Illinois, obviously, sorry, Northwestern and for all my Northwestern friends, but I think something that I, I don't think people from other places realize when you grow up, especially I think in smaller areas in Illinois, you grow up kind of thinking like the University of Illinois is college. So I grew up, I was just talking to my friend Emily about this the other day, actually. When I was like really young, I literally thought the big orange eye was a sports team. Like I did not know it was a school. I was just like, they play basketball, they play football, like cool, go them. Obviously I learned very like, like I learned like probably in elementary school sometime that it was a university, but I thought for a long time that I was going to end up at like a small school in a big city where it was warm. Cause I always knew that I wanted to go to a warm city. I've always liked big cities. And after I started touring schools, I was like, man, like I am going to miss the camaraderie of my high school. I'm going to miss the big student sections. I'm going to miss wanting to be involved. And there's only so much time where you really have, where you can, you know, wear school colors and like have a lot of pride in a university. So I think that was kind of what swung me to want to go to a big school where that I was going to want something very traditional, like what you see in movies. And I think that's kind of how I ended up looking bigger schools. And then honestly, after I started looking, I came to Illinois and I just, I had that feeling and I know that's like a silly thing, but I remember like the tour in my, I know, I know. I remember like I got in the car with my mom and I was like, yeah, I could go there. And she was like, huh? Cause she was so like shocked that I would think about going, I would just like flip a 180 from going to a small school in a warm city to like a big school in a small city. (laughs) I remember her just kind of being like, okay. And from then I kind of just knew this is where I was going to end up. Well, that is actually really, really cute, but (laughs) okay. So we know you wanted to go to U of I. 
despite the fact that it is freezing uh, during the winter as we are learning. But don't worry, spring is coming. I believe it's coming. It's here. Um, so talk me through once you got to U of I, was it what you expected or was it a little bit different? I mean, it's also still in a small um, like it's still in a small city. So we have people that uh, live in the Champaign-Urbana area that live here full time, uh, but it's different. It's different small than where you were from. I think at first for me coming here, I adjusted really quickly. I remember thinking that maybe there was something wrong with me that I was like not homesick. Cause I remember I made a bunch of friends really quickly. Shout out to my Newman friends, Mia. I know she listens, but I made a bunch of friends really quickly and I had a really good friend group almost immediately after coming here. And then I joined FIMU and I loved it. I was loving my advertising classes. I loved going to football games. I like really quickly like fell in love with being here. I remember other people in my residence hall kind of being like, oh, you know, like I'm ready to go home and I miss my mom. I miss my family, whatever. I, and especially around Thanksgiving, I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like I could stay. And all these people were like, no, I'm ready to go home. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that's not me. (laughs) Um, And I have a very distinct memory of maybe like two months after school started. And I called my mom and I was like, like, I think I made all the right choices. Like I joined a sorority that I really like. I picked a program I really like. I have all these friends in my residence hall and in my house. I love going to games. Like I love this university. I love being here. She like burst into tears and she was just like, I'm so proud of you. Like that you're living the life that like I, like I wanted you to get you, you have what I wanted. And like, that was just like one of those like full circle moments of my mom has worked so hard to raise this kid. And like, now I was able to like have all the things that she had worked so hard for me to have, which is very, it's just, it's just kind of crazy. And I'm very happy to say that I'm happy, you know? No, I think that's amazing. And I think that talks a little bit about gratitude and feeling grateful for the parents that we both have. I mean, we have different experiences, but my parents are the same way where all they want is what's best for me. And same thing with your mom, like all she wants is what's best for you. And it's really nice that as you start to evolve, and we will touch on this more, you're able to share some of that with with her. So talk me through joining a sorority. Talk me through your movie interpretation and experience and what you wanted from that. (laughs) Yeah. I think my freshman year, I was very, I was very set that I was just going to do all the movie things. My mom said, you should go through recruitment. And like, my mom always told me like, that was kind of like one of her regrets from school is that she didn't go through sorority recruitment. And she was like, just do it. It's worth a try. You're not going to regret doing it. You're going to regret not doing it. And I was like, okay, you're right. Whatever. Like, I'll try it. And so I went through recruitment and a kind of funny story about me is that I actually ended up withdrawing from recruitment. So I went to the first two rounds and I was just kind of like, I don't think this is for me. I wasn't really loving anything. To be honest, like the houses that I had left, I didn't love the reputations they had around campus. And I was just like, I kind of let my ego get in the way of that. And I think also judgment too. And as we look back at it now, we're kind I think that you and I both are ones to say, never judge a book by its cover. Yeah, for sure. So if anybody listening to this is about to go through recruitment, don't judge books by their cover. Cause I ended up withdrawing from recruitment 
So I was just like, this isn't for me, whatever. I'll find friends. Like I, I've had no problems so far, whatever. And two days later, they have this period where you can call girls that you like. It's called snap bidding. So I was a snap bid because Fime you, our house had called and said, we really liked you during recruitment. We'd love to offer you a bid. And I said, you know what? Okay, I will take that. So I came to bid day. They had a sign with my name on it, just like everyone else. And nobody would have had any idea that I didn't do the exact same thing that every other person there did. And I felt so loved immediately, especially because I had just you know, withdrawn from recruitment, I had kind of gotten into my head that I wasn't going to join a house, whatever. I was nervous that everyone was kind of going to be like, oh, you're the girl who withdrew from recruitment, you know, whatever. No one said a word about it. I'm not even sure that anyone in the house hindsight knew. I was so loved immediately, but I also kind of was still like, I don't know if this is my thing, whatever. I'll be around. I'll do what I need to do and I'll, you know, make some friends. But I was pretty sure I was going to be really involved in my program rather than in FIMU. Obviously that took a 180. Talk me through this 180 because for those of you guys that don't know, Zoe served two terms on our exec board. She also was an assistant uh, throughout her freshman year. So Zoe did a lot for our chapter specifically. And I feel like this is the perfect time to highlight some of her accomplishments. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to have several leadership positions in our house. Yeah. Don't uh, be so modest. <laughs> we got initiated in November. So I joined in the fall of 2019, got initiated in November of 2019. Right after that, we do committee head selection. So I was assistant membership director through that. I really thought I was going to end up running for membership director, which is funny because then obviously Liv ended up running for membership director, maybe a month before really elections happen, I had kind of decided that I wanted to run for FI, we call it FI director, but it's, you're familiar with Greek life. It's like a new member educator. So you're in charge of everyone that joins the house. You're in charge of teaching them what it means to be part of a sorority, what it means to be part of your chapter, what the traditions are, uh, what we don't do, things like that. And then also like creating a community within their pledge class and introducing them to older members, making them feel like they're welcomed. So that was a big part of my job. And I absolutely loved being FI director. It's kind of like being a kindergarten teacher for girls like two years younger than you. It's so fun. You get to like put on all these like little fun events for them and you get to introduce like all the chapter members to them, which is really, really fun. Then right after that term, so I was FI director in 2021 and then right after that, the day I got sworn out of that, I got sworn in to be the chapter president, which was a roller coaster. Definitely one of the hardest jobs, I think, that exists in sorority and fraternity life. Running a chapter is crazy because everyone has so many questions, so many opinions. I mean, imagine being in charge of a friend group of 120 people and then also budgeting, you know, all that stuff, making sure that every event happens, making sure everyone's happy or at least sort of happy. Our national office is also pretty involved with our chapter since we're a recent recharter. So we had had a lot of national help and opinions. <laughs> so I had a lot to balance with that. It's a really interesting balance because it's like you're the top of everyone in your house, but it's also like you're the bottom line of communication and every other mechanism. So I'm like the last person that our headquarters office talks to. I'm the last person the university talks to. Like I'm the like bottom of all those totem poles, which is kind of, it's a really weird balance. It's like you realize you have a lot of power in one way and then no power in another way. And it's like being a really interesting middleman. 
but it was definitely really crazy. I learned so much about what it means to be a leader. And I think in being a leader, you learn a lot about what it means to be a good team member. I notice that a lot with myself now, especially like being more so kind of applying for entry-level jobs. I'm like, I know that you need me to respond to this email quickly because I know what that means. And I know what it's like for people to not respond to my emails quickly and things like that. I think it teaches you really quickly how to be (laughs) a good team member, if that makes sense. No, I think it teaches you a lot about what your strengths are in leadership, right? And Zoe, something about Zoe, Zoe's really empathetic and she's really understanding of everyone's point of view. And I think that serves both as something that is something to be really proud of, but also something that's very challenging, specifically when there's a lot of differing opinions. So talk me through maybe what you've learned by having to make those difficult decisions and how also you've kind of reflected on yourself as a person going into other parts of your life. So friendships, maybe things like that, that aren't so official because an organization can seem really official. I think honestly, I always say the biggest thing that FIMUSE taught me is confidence. And I think that confidence, while I think confidence is, you know, a lifelong journey, having it and watching it come and go. FIMU taught me a lot about what confidence looks like in your decisions. I think it taught me I deserve to have good friendships. I deserve to voice my opinion because clearly it's mattered to people. Uh, And I think that was something that was really hard for me to understand is that I should speak up for myself. And I'm in this position because, you know, people elected me to it. That was something that was really important when I transitioned uh, the president now, Maddie, I love her and she does listen to this. So it's fun. Um, But that was something that I really wanted to stress to her was that her and I both ran unopposed, but you don't run unopposed because nobody else wants to do it or like they're intimidated by you. You run unopposed because nobody thinks they can do the job better than you because they think that you're going to be the best person for the job. And that was something that was really hard, I think, to understand until post-presidency, I think. I got elected to that position because people like trusted me to do what the chapter like needed and like put it in its best interest. I think another thing that was really important to understand was that people always say you can't make everyone happy, which is, which is true in a sense, but I think that you can make everyone content while like happy. Yeah. Nothing like nothing's going to go one person's way 110% of the time, but I don't think that you should leave conflicts with people super unhappy either. I think that it's important to really like hash everything out, make sure that all the opinions get voiced and then see where those lead you because a lot of times people want the same thing or they want they want to see the same outcome but they have a different way of getting there so as long as everyone's able to understand where everyone's coming from I think that was something that was really important to me was that I didn't want anyone to leave a conversation thinking that they hadn't said what they needed to say no 100% and I think that goes a lot with conflict resolution and I think what you say about making everyone happy or content as long as you adhere to the majority, there might be a couple people that are unhappy with your decision, but in that case, you can work with them, maybe figure out some additional steps, right? Additional things to go through. I think that's really important when it comes to friendships, when it comes to personal and romantic relationships, as well as jobs, kind of understanding that there is always room for growth. And with all those experiences that you had, you were kind of able to triumph on that. Yeah, I was, I'm very thankful for the experience. I I think I learned a lot about not only leadership, but teams, what it means to be a team. A lot of people have the idea that like when you're in leadership positions like this, like, oh, you have to be a perfectionist. 
And I definitely am a perfectionist and I want things to look 110% all the time. But something that was really, really hard for me to learn that was really important for me to also execute was that I was elected to be the president. I wasn't elected to be XYZ positions. So like it wasn't my job to decide where we were going to have the semi-formal. My job was to make sure that the semi-formal got planned under the rules that we have in place. So like I was there to dictate and to help make sure that rules got followed, to help make sure that everything got done to be, you know, like a resource, but my job wasn't to be making every little decision. And that's like kind of a hard realization that you have to have when you're in leadership positions of like, A, you can't do everything and B, you're not supposed to. Yeah. Taking that step back. And like, if I, if I wanted to plan where semi-formal was going to be, if I wanted to decide exactly which pictures were going to get posted on the Instagram, I should have run to be social chair. I should have run to be PR chair. And I ran to be president because I wanted to help make sure that our chapter was able to function at the best like capability, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And this is really insightful. And I want to save a little bit for our get to know sorority life yeah, too, for and sure. stuff like that. So let's transition back to mom, back to familial ties. So tell me a little bit about your mom and how she was able to kind of get more involved in our sorority and how that affected you as a person. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, my mom actually recently initiated into Find You, which was kind of crazy. It was definitely like a full circle moment. So the last initiation that I did when I was chapter president, my mom pledged her oath to Find You as an alumna member. So she is now the most recent alumna member of the Delta Beta chapter, which is kind of crazy. And it's kind of, it's, it's really cool because my mom, I told you, she said that one of her biggest regrets in college was that she never joined a sorority and she's really enjoyed watching me have this really great experience with my sorority, with my college experience and all that stuff. So I think it was definitely a full circle moment for her of seeing like, oh, my kid is so in love with this. My kid has had such a good experience that now she gets to be part of it. And it's definitely something cool. Like now I get to share with her that you know, we both have this bond. And while yes, I've had obviously this whole collegiate experience that my mom didn't have, I think that she's really happy to be able to see the connection between my my life and hers in that way. No, and that's amazing. And I think that goes back to show that things come full circle. And when you're able to share something that matters a lot to you, it starts to have more of a meaning and maybe more of an influence too on how you perceive it, right? Yeah, for sure. I think (laughs) I think it definitely, I think her seeing this ceremony and I think she could tell how much all of our members care really made her understand like what my life is like now, what my life has looked like in college and how loved like in a way that I've been because like people were so welcoming to her as well. Yay. Okay. Yeah. It was very warm, fuzzy moment. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I think that's really important. And as we're talking more about these close relationships and things that make you feel well, talk me through we're going to pivot a little. Okay. Um, talk me through your trip to Israel and how you got involved in that, in that community specifically. So <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. I made friends um, with a girl and she is Jewish, um, kind of ended up meeting some other people through her. I became really good friends with my friend Alana, who I know Liv has met. And Alana introduced me to tons of other people. So I ended up 
knowing a lot of the Jewish community on our campus. After that, I started to get involved with some fighting anti-Semitism problems on campus, kind of educating some people that really weren't in those spaces, you know, that obviously anti-Semitism isn't something that affects me as a Christian woman, but it was something that I was seeing my friends get affected by. So I took it upon myself to learn a little bit more about some different problems that our campus has had in the past. And um, there happens to be this trip that a few organizations, a different few, a few different organizations fund, but it's a trip focused on conflict resolution and ending hate crimes on universities. So it's a leadership trip designed really to talk about student government, uh, how we look at conflict on university campuses. So I went on this trip. Fortunately, it was very inexpensive. And I got to learn a lot about conflict through the Middle East, which we're, we're better to learn about conflict than a place that's been having it for such a long time. And to learn about all of the dynamic parts of it, what there are not two sides to every story. There's not even three. There's hundreds of sides to literally every single story, especially one as long as what's been going on in the Middle East. Which is really cool. And it goes back, I think, to everything that you've kind of been talking about, like learning how to navigate different relationships and also looking at them through a different perspective, one that's not necessarily in your grasp, but something that helps you kind of understand the broader sense of the world. Yeah, I think that trip really helped me understand conflict and it teaches you, I think, you know, traveling in general teaches you just perspective, but especially in the Middle East, you can see these different types of conflict and how they're affecting different types of people. And at the end of the day, that makes, you know, dealing with conflict on such a small scale seem minuscule, but also makes you understand the depth better of, you know, what conflict does to people in their lives. Yeah. And I think that's super important, especially as we're talking about all these different aspects of your life and how you've kind of navigated each different like segment or almost season of your life and each different season episodes. We're talking about this in psychology. So that's where I'm using it for my student <laughs> teaching, but uh, it's like an episode within a giant season of your life. And I think that's just amazing. And I think that's something that we can all learn from. And I think that you can tell based on the way you're talking that your experiences have had like a really profound impact on you, that you've grown through all of them, despite some of them being more challenging or some of them being difficult to digest, which I think goes to show who you are as a human, which is end of the day, what this diary is for. It's for us to kind of see where we're at right now. So tell me more about other things in life. So is there anything else that you want to mention specifically about school? I mean, you were you were in student government, like you did all these other things. And I think that, I mean, I know a little bit about them because I live with you, but what do you think is most important or is like your biggest takeaway from maybe not necessarily find you or even this trip you've been on, but like how have you felt yourself change the most at school? Yeah, I was going to say I have been part of undergraduate admissions, so the Touring Illini, for almost just over two years now. And I think I've learned a lot about, you know, the different points that people come to college, the questions they have, all this, the different backgrounds that all that different types of people come from. But the thing I guess that I, I observe the most is that I... 
I think I see a lot of parents that are like, oh, you're going to be so homesick. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And at the end of the day, every reaction to change is normal, whether it's not being homesick like I was like, you know, I had a super quick transition. I was super excited to be here all the time or whether it is being homesick and wanting to go home the first weekend, almost all reactions to change and to conflict or normal. It's more so about how you handle them. That's going to like progress your growth. So it's, you know, yes, I'm homesick, but should I go home or should I try to experiment more on this, this weekend about, you know, who I'm going around or like learn my way around better. But then for me, it was, I should go home for Thanksgiving because I do love my mom. I love my friends from home and I'm excited to see them and I'm excited to tell them about what I've done at school. Uh, it's about, you know, how are you going to handle these feelings that you're having and flip them around to make them the most, like the most beneficial for you? No, 100% agreed. And I think that we're at this day and age where it's all about our personal decisions and kind of choosing ourselves in that case. So talk me through maybe a time where you chose yourself and how you've kind of become more comfortable with that choice. Choosing myself has been something that has been really hard for me being the president. I think there was a lot of times where I chose my leadership position and I chose wanting to make sure that I had a, like that I was doing the right thing because I think being steadfast, it's part of our, it's part of our creed and find you, but it's also something that I've really taken and ran with in my personal life that I, I want to do the right thing, even when no one's watching, but sometimes the right thing is doing the thing for yourself so that you can continue to do the right thing all the time. Because if you continuously choose not yourself, you're not at some point you're not going to be able to and like life is going to catch up with you um I think just recently honestly I I know I've mentioned a few times that I just went to Seattle I think that was a time where I really just chose myself I knew that I was kind of going to be I knew I was going to be skipping school that Friday I knew I was going to be driving and like on a plane and I knew I was going to be spending a little bit of money that like maybe I didn't need to spend and maybe the time I didn't need to spend but I'd never been there And I was going to visit a friend that just moved there. I was excited to see him. And honestly, I think that was a time where I really just chose myself. I said, you know what? I want to do this and I can, and I don't have any reason really not to like what's stopping me other than like some money for a plane ticket. So I said, you know what? I am going to do this for myself. I'm going to enjoy this time where I can skip class because you can't just pick up and skip work. So I'm, I'm really proud of myself. And I think I'm working harder on making sure that I'm able to choose myself and letting myself feel the reward for choosing myself, if that makes sense. I think, Zoe, that this is actually a really good chance for us to kind of pivot more. I'm sorry, pivot's like my favorite word tonight. And you talked a little bit about exploring campus and all these things, and you actually have a very fine insight into exploring campus. So talk us through how you know so much about our school and kind of why you're able to almost choose to stay at school for a majority of time. So I obviously have been part of the touring Illini for about just over two years. So I've learned all of the ins and outs of campus. I actually just wrote a West side of campus tour. So we, uh, if you're familiar with the university of Illinois, or if you're not, Uh, Our tour pretty much runs entirely through Urbana, kind of loops around the quad and uh, loops through Illinois Street Residence Hall, back through the quad, and then back past the monoplots off the Aces Quad. I just wrote a tour for the west side of campus. So the Eikenberry Commons, uh, 
the law building, the education building, the business instructional facility, looping back up through Memorial Stadium, uh, State Farm Center, marching band, Nugent. So kind of doing the other half of campus, a lot of like student life things. Uh, and that was a really cool experience to learn about, you know, a whole other aspect of campus and a little bit more in depth than just like, hey, I hang out here. Uh, which like, obviously I know about all these other buildings, which is really cool, but I just had the fun opportunity to do that. And it's going to be a tour that lots of people give and that I just literally wrote, which is cool. No, and that's pretty cool because that goes back to overall accomplishments, which I think ties together our whole discussion into feeling sometimes at the end of school. Right now we're at that age. I I, I feel it. I, th- I know you do that. We're trying to look back at our college years and make sure that we're making the most of it, right? And in a way, you're almost kind of leaving your mark at school so that other people can not necessarily maybe see your name on it, but feel something that you've done in a positive way, right? Yeah. All right. But we talked about Seattle. We talked about Israel. We talked about all these other things. So let's chat career-wise because we chatted about it a little bit and you weren't as involved in this in college. But for those of you guys that don't know, Zoe makes all our graphics. She is great at this stuff. And um, she does something for our apartment that's really, really sweet that we are actually talking about the other day. She makes weekly calendars so that we know what the plans are for the week and all those things. But um, talk us through what you are going to do after college. So right now I'm in the process of applying for jobs, which is, it's a little bit interesting in the advertising industry because it's a very dynamic industry. Things are literally always changing. So things are always changing in the sense that, you know, they need someone today and they need someone today, today. So it's really hard to plan out. Yeah. After graduation, I'm doing this because nobody really knows who they need and what they need yet. So I'm in the process of applying for some internships, some full-time jobs. It's really hard. I'm trying to perfect, you know, my resume and build up my portfolio to make sure that it's, you know, at the best place that it can be when people start to look at it. And then also just networking a lot, just meeting new people. I am fortunate that I have had the opportunity to be pretty involved in the American Advertising Federation too. So we run like mock campaigns for different businesses uh, in the Champaign-Urbana community. So I got to do that for a hair salon. I got to do that uh, for a few other little places. Um, But it was a really good learning experience and kind of seeing exactly what my life would look like post-graduation. And I absolutely love it. I do wish I had a little bit more time to be involved with it during college because I do love it. But I I really took my college years to love FIMU, I guess. I mean, I think you took it also as a time to kind of hone your other skills in a multitude of different organizations. And I think that it can, it sounds a little bit intimidating uh, on paper to maybe not have that experience, but I think where you might not necessarily have the experience in a couple different specific sections, you make up for it in your other opportunities and also just other things that you've been involved in. And one, I want to preface to the audience that we're not talking about involvement as uh, check marks that uh, we have made on the box. We're talking about involvement as things that we've really been passionate about and things that we've really, really enjoyed being a part of. And I think that's some stuff that you've enjoyed being a part of has actually maybe even helped your uh, future in your career. Yeah. I mean, this has definitely been, you know, it's sort of related to my field. It's media, it's publication, 
but it's also definitely been like kind of fun to watch it grow. I've gotten to, you know, look at the analytics and kind of have a little bit of practice. Like I look at the numbers and I'm like, oh, I know what those mean. I know what exactly that I'm looking at, which is kind of cool that, you know, that's what I've studied. It's also just fun for me to make all these graphics. I get to practice a little bit of my, those skills. Um, so it's definitely, I've definitely gotten to love it. And I do have a little bit of experience, just, you know, I've also kind of stretched myself a little bit throughout college. Yeah, no, but I think it all comes with the trick of the trade. We're living, we're learning, we're only in our 20s. So I think that without a couple, without a couple bumps in the road, we wouldn't know success, right? Without failure or without adversity, there can be no success. So I think that's what's really important about all of this. So we know career-wise, where do you want to go? That is the next question. That is the question of the century, isn't it? People keep asking me that. I feel like, honestly, I am excited to explore. And what that means is very up to interpretation. I have been applying to jobs and internships literally all over the country, everywhere from the northwest corner to the southeast corner of Florida literally everywhere across the entire country um so it's kind of crazy I have no idea where I'm gonna end up ideally big city hopefully fingers crossed it's warm but also part of me would be happy to move to Chicago where most of my friends are and where I'm still kind of gonna be in a little bit of the same bubble of friends which would be really nice yeah. And Zoe should move to Chicago because I'm definitely spending the first couple of years out of uh, graduation in the city. And- All right. And I think last big discussion, last big takeaway is talk me through maybe relationships, romantic things like personal relation. Talk me through where we're at right now. How are we feeling? Remember, this is a diary that we're going to look back at. I think right now I'm in a little bit of a limbo stage with relationships I don't think relationships or my love life is something that I've really ever made a huge priority in my life, but I think uh, some of the guys that I've talked to have not necessarily loved that they're not at the top of my priority list. I think my love life is something I've certainly put on the back burner for a lot of my life. So very dedicated Zoe and there's no harm and there's no shame in being a girl boss. I don't know. I'm kind of still okay with where I've, where I'm at, where I'm like, what I've been doing with it. I mean, I talk to people here and there, but honestly, it's not something that I'm super set on XYZ needs to happen by XYZ day. I just want to make sure that I'm able to experience what I want to in my personal life, in my career before I really start adding someone else into that. I mean, I think it's fair. I think at this point in our lives, we should put ourselves first above anyone else and then kind of see where the mold fits. Also, we can touch on this more when we talk about dating experience, um, stories, um, the whole hoorah and whatnot. But I think that's my final question. So any closing remarks that you believe that yourself in whenever we watch this in the future or listen to this would want to know? I think that I just want future me to know I am proud of me now and I know I'm going to be proud of me then. So I'm excited to see where she ends up, I guess. (laughs) 
Yeah, hopefully living in an apartment with me soon. <laughs> Liv has been insisting that I just move into her sister Julia's room. So Julia, when you listen to this, just know that has been put on the table. Yeah, despite the fact that no one has been informed of this, but that is- <laughs> this is Julia's official notice <laughs> that she has to move out because I'm moving in. <laughs> I can't wait for the text in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? I don't think so. Third episode, guys. How are we feeling? You've gotten to know Zoe and I both very personally. So now we'll jump right into the next topic. Yeah. But with that being said, uh, I just want to thank you again for listening. If you've made it all the way here, uh, if you listened all through to all three episodes, thank you so much for supporting Corn to Norm. And we will see you next week. Yes, we have taken your suggestions. We've gone to the drawing boards. We're writing up a couple fun stories. And till then, have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.